Hallelujah. He's worthy today. Amen. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God bless you. We welcome you to the service this morning. Where you're at, those that are here, God bless you. Sure nice to see you. Those that are at home, we sure wish you were here. We're certainly praying for all of you. We're remembering you. And um, especially the different ones we've talked to. Some names have been mentioned. Others that haven't. But may God bless you where you're at. And sometimes we, we have heard so many statistics and this and this. But as I've spoken to a few of the people this week, we really need to enter in for one another. We really need to remember one another and uh, really uphold one another. And that's, that's part, of, part of our obligation as the body of Christ. And I just want to say thank you to those that have been so faithful to pray, those that have been, it sure is good to see the body of Christ come together. And yeah. may God bless you all. And uh, we remember you. So today, uh, I, I'm here filling in for Brother Murphy Wong. <laughs> Brother Murphy was scheduled. We and him and I talked on Thursday, and we said, "Listen, with the number that are sick, the way the service is, let's defer this for a week." So the Lord willing, next weekend, Brother Murphy Wong will be here. I trust you keep that in prayer, and it'll be a blessing. But for today, we're going to hear the word nonetheless, and we are looking to touch Jesus. We're looking to to look to Him. Let's. Just sing one more chorus before we turn to the word. The anchor holds, the anchor holds. The anchor holds, though the ship is battered. I'm going to invite you to turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Hebrews, chapter 11, if you will. As we read on this, I, I feel the last few services, the Lord has just led me to speak maybe in a different direction than I would have thought with my mind. But I, 
as I look where we're all at and what we're facing, I, I feel like Brother Branham did. He, <clears throat> he spoke in the message, Christ revealed in his own word, and he said, we've gathered together not just to speak haphazardly on anything, but something that will help stabilize the people, for we are going to pass through dangerous, treacherous waters. We're already sailing through them. And sometimes I guess it's with you like it is with me that there's so much like it, so much of it, it's such a scary, he says. And that's the way the devil would want to work. So today we're, we're going to take maybe last Sunday we had spoke on the, he sent his word and healed him. And Wednesday we took on a little subject on faith, the measure and outworking. And today I want to also speak on faith, maybe a continuation of these services, but I, we're going to need faith for where we're walking. And, and faith, you know, what we are is expressed by our faith. And uh, faith might seem like uh, a simple subject, but yet it's a deep subject. And uh, so we want to go in that direction this morning. Let's read from Hebrews chapter 11. We're going to read from verse 1. <clears throat> Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, I, I'm going to focus on that last little part, things that are seen were not made of things which do appear. In other words, the invisible made the visible. The invisible was the root of the visible that we see. And yet we often live the other way around. We live from the visible trying to catch something that's invisible. So I'm, I'm, I, I want you just to think, take that for a minute. So verse 5 by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and he was, and was not found because God translated him. Before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Verse 6, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, he's existing right now, we're not this is not a static learning. It's not a theory. He is. He was. He is. He will be. He is right now. And he says, and, he mu and we must believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'm going to come back to Hebrews 11, but let's go over to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And my subject this morning is the invisible made real by faith. And so we're going to take this out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. Now, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, I, I'm going to just make a few comments as I read this, so stay with me. Now, it talks about a blinding 
And, and the, word, the gospel that we have is hid. Now, the church isn't hid. The building isn't hid. The people coming in aren't hid. But what makes you tick? It's hidden to the world. They don't get what is behind you. They don't get why you do what you do. It's an invisible. Now, he says, now, they're, they're, they're blinded by the God of this world. And it said, lest the the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. So this morning I, I woke up. It was probably about 4, 4.30, 5, maybe somewhere in there. It was dark. I needed to have a light. But as I'm lingering and I'm listening to a tape and I'm doing something, the, the light began to lift and I could start to see forms. I could start to, okay, that's where the, the night table is. That's where this is. That's where the door is. Now, I could have turned the light on and had complete illumination. But as the natural light, the sunlight outside drifted through the window, it began to illuminate. And that's what's happening. Something ought to be illuminating in our lives that we're beginning to see more clearly. I, I, I don't want to preach while you're all, some, you're standing. I trust some of you are standing in respect to the Word as well. But he says now in verse 5, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus Christ's sake. For God, who has commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, has shined in, shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. Let's just read two more verses and I'll drop to the end. We are troubled... On every side, but not distressed. We are perplexed, but we are not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We are cast down, but we are not destroyed. Now that, that, that's where we're living. We're living by faith. Drop down to verse 16. For which cause we faint not. Though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. God bless his word. Now let's going to have a word of prayer before we are seated. Heavenly Father, we've read your word. Lord, we know that your word has been anointed. It's been inspired. Lord, you're the author of the word. You're the one who formed the word. You knew that in every condition it would anchor. You said that the earth would pass away, but the, but the word would not. You said the heavens would pass away, but the word would not. Therefore, we want to look to the word as our absolute this morning. And Father, we are asking that the light would shine on the word, that it would be anointed to our hearts in this present dark world. Lord, we know there's a man that can turn on the light. We know that no matter how dark it is, that you are here and you are with us. Lord, give 
give us faith for the hour that we live in. Lord, give us a vision that we can see, that which many cannot see. Lord, we're asking your anointing, your inspiration to every home and every household. And Lord, may your word not return void. We commit it in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, Brother Branham would take several messages about looking to the unseen. And if I, I thought about that, and, and it, you know, you can be looking to the unseen, and, and the unseen could be obscurity, but I don't want to just look to the unseen. I want to see the unseen. I want to see what we ought to see. And I believe God has allowed us and equipped us what we should see. Now, the very foundation of our walk is faith. And, and it's the very beginning of our walk. It's there in every part of our walk. And we need it. So Brother Branham would say in the message, Ever-Present Water, when you are saved, God gives you faith to rise from the muck of the earth. Your faith overcomes the things of the world. What is your faith then? Your faith is the act that God did in you to make you a son of God. You quit your lying. You quit your stealing. So, so faith had an action. You caught something. You saw something. And then you did things as the result of what you saw and what you believed. So you quit your lying. You quit your stealing. You quit your drinking because your faith rises you above it. If you don't do it, you don't have faith. By faith, you're saved that by grace. Now, I, I've got a few quotes to read from the start, but I, I, I want to use that to build. And I, I, I want to make it clear, but I also just want to accentuate what God has. Now, as much as your faith will be released, that's how much power you have, because in you dwells the power to make heavens and earth. God dwells in you, and you are sons and daughters of God. There you are. If, but it's your faith. Jesus said, according to your faith, be it unto you. If you can believe, all things are possible. So Brother Branham, would, the Bible would say, Jesus asking, when I come, will I find faith? Now, he wouldn't ask that question if there needed to be an answer to it, and there needs to be an answer. And I believe that in this last day we have the answer, and we have the answer to the devil's question. When he comes and, and he would say, You're, you know, he, he accuses us a lot of a lot of things. I don't, I don't believe there's even uh, a week or a month would go by and he says, you don't have the Holy Ghost. But I do have the Holy Ghost. And therefore, I, 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 I can testify, but God did this. And I, and I said, you know, at the beginning, you told me that I wouldn't last a week. But I've lasted a week. I lasted the month. I lasted a year. I've lasted 37 years. But he's always there to challenge us. He's always there. And I would just say, out of all of his challenges, very few are actually true. In fact, none of them are true. And I would say, so whatever he's challenging you with today. He has been a liar from the beginning. He's a liar to the end, and he's still a liar. And he paints a picture for us. And it's so easy to slip into that picture. But I want to paint a different picture. By the grace of God, help me this morning, if you will, please. 
Now, he would, he, would, he would go on to say, what kind of people ought we to be having faith with this redeeming Christ that lives in us? I am with you always, even to the end of the world. So everything you have need of is in you. But it takes something to quicken it, something to make it real, something to bring it to life. Now, he, he will also... I don't know how much of this I, I want to read right now. Let me, let, me, let me take this little part. He says, now, he is not always recognized. No matter how much God is standing present, you've got to believe it. And he says, like the woman with the blood issue, all of them standing up and said, there goes the rabbi, the guy that claims to be a prophet, that guy's a fanatic. But there was a woman that saw something different. And she recognized who he was. And she said, now if I can only touch his garment. So she actually pictured something. And she went in it. So when that genuine faith became a positive thing in her, what did it release? It released his power to heal her. It touched him in such a way. He turned around and told her what was wrong and said, your faith has saved you. Now the power was in Christ, but it took somebody to touch him. The power is in God today. The power is in the Word today, but it takes faith to touch that, to reach out and seize it. Now, others that were standing there may have been sicker, but she recognized his presence. And Brother Bram said, if you can recognize his presence, then you can have any promise that's available to you. Okay, so we, we know faith is a sense. Brother Branham would speak and say it's a sixth sense. Your other senses you have, which are see, taste, feel, smell, hear, all of those were given to you to contact your earthly dimension, your earthly home. But none of those can contact God. You know, so they'll, they'll use the phrase, and Brother Branham would actually use it in, in meetings. He'd say, seeing is believing. And he'd say, okay, and he calls a brother on the platform over and he says, brother, I can see you and I believe you. But now stand behind me. And, and he says, I can't see you now, but I believe you're there. He says, because I've got another sense, which is feel. And I can feel you're there. I can. So it's not just seeing is believing. But, and, and now I'm using this as a principle, because it goes beyond faith is something different than all of these five senses. So people rely on them so much. But he says faith is something different. Faith is the sense that you contact God with. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Now, all of these senses, you contact your home, you do that. It, sometimes the sixth sense, and he said there's only one class of people that has this sixth sense, they will believe things that you can't see, you can't taste, you can't feel, you can't smell, or you can't hear. 
But how, how can you put your finger on that? It, it's, 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 it's something that's not seen. Now, I, I, I will, like I said, I'm needing to just lay a few quotations here. He says, now you're a dual person, three people in one. You are body, spirit, and soul. I believe your outward senses, you have an outside conscience, outside senses. Uh, first of all, he says, outside senses, the, the five, see, taste, feel, hear, smell. And he says, now you also have uh, other senses beyond that. And he says, but there's this faith is, is a sixth sense God gave you. It sets the destination where you're headed for. By faith, you catch the word. It sends you into a dimension that makes it so real till it's as good as you've got it in your hand. You know it's going to happen. Now, this is really the, the, the crux of, of where I want to get to. And, uh, and, and I, Lord willing, I don't want to be long. I just want to make this something that would benefit and help us this morning. Now, let, let's look for a moment back to Hebrews chapter 11, if we can. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 11. Now, we read verses 1 to 3, 5, and 6. But let's just pick this up from verse 7. And I'm, I'm talking about the invisible made real by faith. But I want you to see something here. Because Brother Branham, in this last quotation I used, he, he would say, you're a dual person, but you, you catch something and you go into another dimension that makes it so real. So he says in verse 7 of Noah, by faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, he moved with fear, and he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. He said, now, Noah, it's going to rain. Now, it was a scientific age, and it was an age that had weather forecasts. That was easy being a weather forecaster in that day, because it was either going to be sun or cloud. It was never going to be rain. It was only due. And he said it was a scientific age. And that was the age in which God said to Noah, it's going to rain. Now, I, I need you to, sometimes you need to step into the character a little bit. So don't just dismiss this as, okay, I got that, I got this. Step into what it was like to live in the days of Noah. Because Noah actually had to move with fear. He actually had to prepare a boat. Now, could you imagine how ridiculous this looked? To build a boat where there'd never been any rain? To build it on dry land? To build it on a place where, where it was a big boat and it was all of these things? He actually did that, but he did it for the saving of his household. He could not see it naturally, but he believed and he actually must have seen something. He actually must have envisioned the rain. He must have envisioned that it's going to come. And, and there was something that he actually saw. And it was greater than his natural sight. So now in verse 8, as we move along here, 
Here it says, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed. He went out not knowing whither he went. Now, this is much like our walk. We don't see the end from the beginning. We don't see it all at once, but we take a step by faith. And we do that step by faith, and as we do it, more of it opens up. So it's like coming home, and Brother Brandon would say, as a man walking with a lantern, he says, now, you're going to leave the church, you're going to go home tonight, can you see your place? No, I can't see it. But he says, take a lantern with you, as you go along, you hit some familiar landmarks. You hit, okay, there's such and such a street, I got to turn, I got to do this, but you have enough light to bring you to your place as you walk in the light. So it's not seen all at once, and neither is our faith fully manifested all at once. Our faith is evolving. We're going to need more faith for the rapture. We're going to need more faith. Now that faith does not come when you're dependent upon all your senses. But often your faith comes when conditions change and you have to step out from beyond what you used to live in. And sometimes when things come to our door, it's there so that we become more faith-oriented. I, I recognize one thing. There was a time in this country when you could say, well, this is the party, the, the political party I believe in. In Alberta, we used to have a premier called Premier Manning. He was a godly man. He, uh, he wouldn't allow shopping on Sundays. He wouldn't allow those things. I could put a measure of faith in the political party. I could say, because I know that man, I know what he's doing, and I would say, I'd have no problem voting for that. I can't put that faith in that political party today. They don't exist, first of all. But I can't do it in maybe what I used to. So as I move along, I have to put things aside. I have to leave things aside that I maybe once depended on. Maybe once in my faith, I depended on a grandmother that was a godly woman and I knew she'd pray for me or a mother that would pray for me. But there comes a time when I have to actually pray, when I actually have to step out, when I can't do it just by myself, but I have to trust in something that I can see, something that's there, it's real, and I know it's real. So God allows these things. So here's Abraham. He didn't know from the beginning. It says, by faith he sojourned in a land of promise. I'll jump down to verse 10 just to, to kind of save where I'm going. But it says this, he didn't know where he was going. But here's, a, here's an interesting thing. But he looked for a city. Now, so he wasn't just, yeah, you know, like this. He wasn't that way. He's going, it's got to be here somewhere. I met Melchizedek. I met the king of the city. Therefore, the city is somewhere. He promised me. So you begin looking to it. And that's how faith is. Faith that was in the little woman in Mexico at the time when Brother Branham was there and she knew she didn't understand him, she didn't know him, she'd heard the reports, but faith began to get to action. And the ushers wouldn't allow her, but she tried to climb over. She tried to go this way. She had caught a picture of something. 
I know if I can get to that man, I know I'll be healed. I know I'll be taken care of. Faith begins to work in realms you can't describe. Faith begins to move. It begins to grasp this part of the word, that part of the word. Faith is always moving. It's a substance. It's a reality. So you're not going to have rapturing faith overnight. But God will bring you to it. Because he said it will be there. So now we have to trust our earthly journey to him. Lord, I surrender to you. And everything that comes to me, good or bad, I know you are in control. And therefore, Lord, I'm going to lean on you. You know... The world wants you to live in a plastic bubble. They want you to live where you don't touch anyone, see anyone, come in contact with anyone. They want you to never engage. Because ultimately, they're scared of death. Ultimately, they're scared of what could be. But if we actually put our trust in God and say, Lord... I know I need to work. I know that, Lord, I need to live out a life of faith on this earth. I could live in the plastic bubble that the world wants me to live in. But, Lord, is that the world you want me to live in? Is that where you want me to retreat to? And you need to ask that question. Say, Lord, how do you want me to live in this present world? Because I don't believe we... You know, I was just sharing with somebody the other day and, and about... He's in a place where, uh, a different, different place, and, and, and doesn't go to the church. There's a local church there. He rather streams services. And I said, you know, I think it would do you good sometimes to go to the local church. Ah, there's so many things out there, you know, doctrines and stuff. You know, I, I, I'm comfortable with this. I said, that's fine. I says, but, you know, and, and, and I said, but there was a man that had talents. And, and you know, if you look at the parable they all had to use those talents for something. I said, so it's not when we bring it, we, we say you've got to be in church. It's not that we want just to have you in church and that we can be satisfied and we say we've got so many numbers and we can tell everybody. No, you have something to bring. You have something to give. You have a talent. You have, you have a gift that the body can be benefited from. And there was one man that had one talent and that one talent, he buried it in the ground because he was afraid. Fear is the opposite of faith. So if you're just hiding your talent, ask yourself, am I doing with what I, what I have? Am I benefiting the body of Christ? Am I benefiting with my prayer life? Am I benefiting with, with my encouragement, with my communication, with, with, with my interaction? Am I doing these things? Because we'll have to give an account one day. So... We'll come back to the world here in a bit. Seeing is not believing. It's only one of the senses. Abraham, when you look at verse 11, he looked for a city. Now, he, I, I will say this, even though there was no evidence, and if you actually take all of these heroes of faith and you go right down to the end of the chapter. It said, these all, 
had a good report, but they didn't receive the promise. God having provided a better thing. So there was a measure of Abraham's life that was unfulfilled, but yet his walk was of a necessity that he was pointed in a certain direction. And we're living here at the ending of all of these things. So it said, he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker was God. Verse 11, through faith also Sarah received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful. That was promised. Drop down to verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but look at this, but having seen them afar off. I I don't know what that woman saw in Jesus, but she looked and she saw something and, and maybe it was afar, but at the more she thought about it, the more she, it began to draw. And what you look at is what you move towards. And what you, what you look at will also either help your faith or hinder your faith. So, so we need to be seeing something, you know. Sometimes you, you, I was just sharing this with a brother the other day. I wish I could sometimes express what I feel, what I see in my heart. And, and I, we were just talking about two different things, and, and one, one of the subjects was serpent seed, about how it can be, it's not just a doctrine, but now I see it. I've heard, but now I see it. And, and, and now it's interwoven through the Bible, and you can't miss it. That's a revelation. I was just sharing about the Godhead and things, and, and I said, to think the eternal God, and, and he's not just way off up there, but he came down to earth. He was in these prophets, men like unto us, men like Elijah, men with like passions as us. And then he came to earth, and, and he so poured himself in his life. And I, and I said, some of that picture, I, I'm driving down the road in my car, and I'm weeping, and, I, and I, I'm just worshiping God, and I'm saying, I wish I could express this. But it's more real today than it's ever been before. I see it in a way that I can't, words can't come to it. And then there's another part of that. And to think that God comes to my door, comes to where I live, dwells in me and moves me and has an interest in the little things. Oh, you go crazy trying to figure it out. But you actually see it. So these all seen it, they were persuaded of them. Not almost persuaded. They were convinced. They em- and they embraced them. And they confessed we're strangers and pilgrims. Abraham said to his, when he was leaving, he said, hey, you can have this, you can have that, you can have that. Abraham, don't you want it? No, I don't want it. Uh, it's, it's just earthly. It's nothing. Oh, my. It, when we catch that, you know, and Brother Branham says, if a man ever catches the vision of the eternal and the unseen, 
it stabilizes him. It stabilizes all his actions. He's not up and he's not down. He's not in and he's not out. But he, he, there's something, you know, no matter which way you get blown this way. No, the anchor goes this way. You get blown. No, the, the, the North Star is here. The, it magnetizes you. It'll happen. I don't know how it'll happen. But it's going to unfold. And we see things, I, you know, as a result of even this pandemic, I'm, I'm going and I'm looking and I'm saying, and, and, and really there's three things with it. It's, it's the sickness itself, which I believe is, number one, part of the judgments of God. Number two, it's the minds of the people that are being so corrupted. And then number three, it's the agenda that's coming with it. You know, I, I see it as judgments of God. I see it with the agenda. But I can see how the mark of the beast will come in. One day they're going to attach religion to the same set of values. You need to get this vaccine passport. They're going to attach religion to it. And pretty soon, you, know, you see how it's happening already. They're, they're, they can't force you, but they can take privileges away. They can take that away. And I'm not saying that the vaccine's wrong. The vaccine is not wrong. Brother, I said things are of God. It, it, it can be right, but I'm just saying, I'm watching the agenda. That's a sidebar to the whole thing. I can see it. You know, when, 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 when John the Revelator, and, and he was on, on the, uh, you talk about a heavenly vision. The, the Patmos vision, as Brother Branham would call it. Here's John the Revelator. John saw things with Jesus, and he knew there was something more. But what John saw after Jesus left his earthly, what John saw in the heavenly was of greater value than what he saw in the person. The things that we're seeing, even though Brother Branham is not here, are things that God has designed for us to catch and to see and to live our lives by. And so John, he, he's writing, and he says, and then the f first beast, they opened the seal, and I heard a noise of thunder, and he says, and what was the first thing the beast said? Come and see. Come and see. Yeah. There's something you to look at. Listen, don't leave the sealed book on the, on, the, on, on the shelf. There's something to see. And you know, like, right where we're living now, I'll tell you what, you, I went through the four seal. I, I, it was funny how years ago I was a young Christian. I had my seal book and I went through all the seals. And I, I, I looked at all my marks and I had marked up first, second seal, third, sec, third seal, fourth seal. I hadn't even marked it up that much, but I, it's become real to me. And I'm going, I see it. I see how this piece is, I, I can see it. And, and, and it's like, don't the leaders of the world see it? Don't the people, don't the masses see it? No, they don't see it. But it's been given to you to see it. And, and I say this, the more you focus, listen, you can go shopping in a store. I don't know, they, they have a phrase, they call it a lost leader. Sometimes they, they advertise something, you know. You can get this, this um, oh, let's just pick on something that's neutral to men and women, but... You can pick up this belt, and it's on sale at half price. And, and it's, it's just a minor thing. But they, they'll, they'll, they'll have something on sale every week, knowing that when you go on, you're not just going to look at the belt. You're going to go over to the shoe section. You're going to go over to, if you're, if you're a lady, in the dress section. You're going to go over to, to check out the, the, the coveralls or whatever it is. You're, you're, 
they know if they can get you in there and catch you focused on this lost leader, you're going to lose sight of what you went there for. And you get caught up with this and you get caught up with that and you get caught up with that. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of lost leaders in the world right now. There's agendas. Oh, I'm anti-vax. And I'm not. That's a lost leader. Don't get caught up in it. I, I'm, I'm full vax. Don't get caught up in it. There's a vision you got to see. It's faith. You got to look at that. People get caught up with Black Lives Matter. Oh, yeah, it's about time. I don't agree what's happened. I don't agree with those things. But the agenda is a temporal agenda. It's not designed to bring you to heaven. There's faith in God's word. That's why don't get too engaged. Listen. You can spend time on, on, on sites and, and all these different things, but I'll tell you what, sometimes Christians make a mistake and they get involved in things that they shouldn't even be. Or, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be, but more than you should be. God, God wants us focused on something. God wants us to see something. My, I'm not even getting to my notes, but that's okay. We're... I feel the Lord's leading us here. So, they confessed they were strangers and pilgrims, verse 14. For they that say such things plainly, declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of the country from whence they came out of, they might have had opportunity to return. Now, isn't that an interesting thing? If there would have been something in their mind... Okay, and there was a woman in the Bible who had something in her mind, and it caused her to look back, and she became a pillar of salt. Now, how important is it to keep your focus? I'm here. We're not here just to build this kingdom and this church, and sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, I, I've, almost, I've asked myself this question, Lord, what will we give account for? We're living in a time of sicknesses. Is it that we followed the government in all its rules? Because that's only good for a period of time. There's going to come a time when the prophet said they're going to shut us down. So if you're just following the government and the rules, it's, that's, that's not the measure of faith. And if, if it is, well, we never had anybody sick in our church, it, Sickness is temporal. It, 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 it may come, but there's a promise. And I'm not saying, I'm not making light of it, because sometimes, you know, you hear the stats, but just talking to some of our brothers and sisters this week, my heart was bleeding for some of them. I, I, I was saying, God help Brother Kevin. Touch him where he's at right now. Help Sister Jeanette. May you watch over them and their families. Watch over the Parasocks. Watch over the Wackelchucks. Watch over the Whitmires. Watch over these people. They're your people, Lord. And I think we need to have a heart for the people of God. And I'm just saying, is, 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 is that going to be the measure of what we, our faith? Is it that we never had this, we never had that? You know, you, know, you, can, you can take all the measures to protect but what about the detrimental effect? I was just talking to this sister Cheryl this morning. She says, you, they put you in a room. They treat you like you're a leper. And your mind goes, what am I? That this is part of the plague that's on the people now. And I think we need to, 
We need to say, hold on a second. I am not that. I am, that's a, a, a something the world has created. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a son of God. I, I have a right to, to believe this is temporal. I'm not looking at this. I've committed my way to God. Whatever this is, if it's my time to go, Lord, I trust in you. But Lord, you'll see me through. If the agenda of the world would be, you know, we can't allow people to do this. Thank, I thank the Alberta government. <laughs> they, the municipal government came out and said masks. And I, I'm not, I'm saying, I think it's good to wear masks right now. I think it's a, it's a very appropriate, it's prudent. But when everything is legislated for you, I think there's a measure of self-governance we all need to have here. You know, over, over the years, I know when people are, are sick, and I'm not just talking COVID here, I'm talking flus, some people just come and say, ah, sick as I am, I want to be at the house of God, that's where faith is. But there's also other people at the house of God, <laughs> and I'm not disputing that. You need to have faith. It's not just, okay, you're sick, stay home. No, sometimes you're sick, maybe it's not contagious, maybe it's something, say, I've got to get to God. And this is where I got to be. Other times, you know, you come and, and disease is spread and all kinds of things. I, I think we need to use a, a measure of discernment for what we do, everything we do. But the Alberta government, the municipal government said, masks now forever. And then the municipal, the provincial government now came out after that and said, uh, masks, but we're, for, for places of worship, we're going to make an exemption. They've come out and said that. And the reason they said, we've recognized through this pandemic the, the value that a place of worship has for the people and the importance, and they said, and we respect that. And I said, God bless them for that. You know what? It's, it's, it, sometimes a government can be a tool in the hand of the devil to do things. You know, but I, I'm saying, yeah, does that mean we're going to just shut off masks completely? No. I said, but we need to have faith. And, and, and so I, I'm thankful for, for those things as we see them. And I, I, I trust we're not just governed. So when, when these things come and shut off everything, is that, is that the measure of our faith? But what's the side effect of not having church? What's the side effect of, of being on the internet more? What's the side effect of not being together with your brother and sister? What's the side effect of being on the internet too long? What is that doing spiritually to people? What is that? That is as much death in the land as the physical is. So we have a right and we have a balance to say, I've got to be prepared to take steps that are here for my spiritual well-being. It's not just cut and dry. We need faith. We need to see something. Okay, I'm, I'm still on page one of my notes. My, my, my. Okay, so, so here, if they had been mindful of the country that they came out of, they might have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better country that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them. City. Now drop down to verse 23. I want to use Moses here for a moment. My, my, I, I feel like I need to jump to other scriptures, but let's, let's do this. I'll, I'll, I'll intertwine a bit. I want to finish this. Verse 23, by faith Moses, 
You know, when you read these heroes of the faith, uh, years ago, Brother Harold took, a, I think, Hebrews chapter 11 and dwelt on all of these heroes, and he took it service after service, and I gained a new appreciation for what each one of these stood for and st- stood for. And I, as I began to read that, I had to recognize this is not just history, but there's the same God that dwelt in them dwells in me. And I also, you know, there, there's, there's some heroes that are going to be written into this whose names are not in the Bible, but who are living it out right now. So he says, by faith, Moses, when he was born, he was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So verse 23, his parents did something. Verse 24, now you you can go into the message, why Christ speak, and Brother Branham would talk about it, and he says, Moses needed, he intellectually, he had heard everything his mother had taught him, but he needed another touch. And sometimes our faith is intellectual. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, that's right. But real faith sometimes needs to move from the intellectual. It needs to move. I, I, I was listening to time-tested uh, faith or something like that was a message. I was out for a walk, and Brother Branham, he would often, he would talk about the message before, and then he would talk after. Peter before, then Peter after. He would talk about Moses before, and then Moses after. He would talk about 120 before, and then after. When God comes in, after you find them stepping out where no man had stepped before. And I think it's in the message, uh, uh, looking to the unseen, where Brother Ram actually said, it's time for us to step across the border of unbelief and step into real faith. He says, this is the time that we're living in. And I say this, we've got the theology, we've got the understanding, but we need to exercise that faith. So don't look at what comes on you as a negative. No, it's an opportunity for God to express himself. So he says, Moses now, when he was come to years, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. I wish I could put you back into the tape I was listening to as I was walking yesterday. And he says, and and you hear the voice of that prophet crying out, oh, if the people could catch this, then they wouldn't go to the movie houses. Then they wouldn't spend their times on these things. If they could catch this. And I said, Lord, how much have I missed because I haven't caught it? How much needless time have I wasted because I haven't caught it? God, let me catch it. Let me hear it. Let me, let me see. <laughs> let me see the judgments that are coming. Let me see heaven right ahead of me. 
And let me, let me speak as a dying man to a dying generation with life right ahead of me. So he would say, Moses esteemed the approach of Christ greater riches and the treasures in Egypt. He had respect unto the recompense of reward. Verse 27, this is the word, one I wanted to get to. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Oh. Yeah, the, the God that he opened, he revealed himself to me when I was saved, that gave me faith to leave my friends. That gave me faith to, to leave my way of life. That caused me to take my records to the dump. That caused me to do all of those things. But the same God that is today, he causes me to come up here and change my notes and say, I prepared, I'm better prepared for that than I am for this. But it's because he's here and because there's a people of God, he causes me, he moves me, he's the one that's leading me. How is he leading you today? In the middle of this world that we live in. Sometimes we, we think, oh, when we get back to the way, it, it may never come back the way it was. How are you going to conduct your life in the middle of all of this? He is. I see him. Colossians 1, verse 16, 17. I took this on Wednesday, but it would say, For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things. And by him all things consist. He's the faithful one. We sing that song, faithful one. Sometimes things around us change. And we think, where's God in all of this? And he says in, in Church Age book, we often talk about a great unchanging God whose word does not change. We speak of him after the manner we get a view that makes him very impersonal. It's like God made all these laws, all these rules. It's like he, he put the message out there. Here's the message. Either you believe it or you don't believe it. No, he's not like that. His attitude is actually like it was demonstrated on the road to Damascus. He had risen from the dead. He was now walking with his disciples. He was encouraging their faith. He was telling them. Now, he didn't come down and speak and say, you know, their names to them and say, you know, your name was written in the Bible. But faith had to move in them. And so, you know, it's the same thing. You know, if, if, if God would have written in the Bible in Genesis, I'm going to have a son, he's going to be virgin born, and he's going to be born to a, a, a woman named Mary. How many Marys would have there been in the whole Bible? But God never did it that way. In fact, he didn't do it that way on purpose, but the Word identified Himself to the believer. 
So it was Mary who had read Isaiah chapter 7 verse 9. It was Mary who had read Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. It was Mary who read all of these things. Something warmed her heart. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So when the angel of God comes and he says, Blessed art thou Mary, thou art highly favored. Something began to beat in her. What is this? And, then, and, 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 and when, he, when he declared that which is born of you, and she actually said, how can this be? I don't know any man. And he says, no, God's bypassed all of that. God's done this. You know what Mary did? She didn't wait until she felt something. She already had a seed planted, and when the seed was planted, her words were, be it unto me according to your word. I, I, I think it's very detrimental to God when we say we're believers and then nothing happens and we just begin to confess the symptoms. And we begin, and I'm not saying that they aren't there, they're real. But I think we need to keep looking at the Word of God. We need to keep looking at the promise. We need to keep putting that before us. What pleases God when you believe that He is and He's a rewarder of them that diligently... It's not a one-time, one-and-done thing. When I get to the meeting and this man laid hands on me, no. I'll tell you, it will be because you've been in the Word. It's because you've been exercising your faith and your vision. You haven't allowed your vision to be obscured by other voices. And you're focused on one thing. I'm here to to do what God has asked me to do. That's how God makes it real. That's how he came on the road to Emmaus to those two. He didn't go and say, this is what you need to do. No, faith needed to come out of them. So he didn't say, I am Jesus. In fact, you know, there could have been many people that said, I am Jesus. But he didn't do that. He went a step beyond, I will build my church, right? I'll build my church on Revelation. So he started at the Psalms. He went to the prophets. He went to all of these things. As he's doing it, the word is starting to burn. Their hearts are starting. There's something going on here. I'm I'm catching a picture. I'm seeing something. And, 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 And so much so. Now, faith was actually in operation already. They didn't see the whole thing, but faith was moving, and the word had caught them. Now, they hadn't come to it fully, and they, and they finally came to a place where his path was going to go this way, theirs is that way, and they compelled him to come in. And when they compelled him, now, faith brought him in. Jesus made, he wanted to come in, but it had to be faith that drew him in. Jesus wants to come to your door today, but faith has to draw him in. Well, I'll just see whatever he'll do for me. I'll tell you what, that that might be true, but I'll say this, it's bigger than that. You need to compel him. You need to draw him and say, come to my door, Lord. I know you're the healer. Listen, Jesus, Jesus, when he asked the question, will Will you find faith in the earth? You know the parable he used? It was the parable of the unjust judge. Here, let me tell you a story. And he says, there was a woman, you know, and she had a need, and there was a judge who wasn't just, and and, and the judge wouldn't have given her the time of day, but the woman kept knocking. And when the woman kept knocking, finally the judge, he was laying in bed, it was at night, and he says, I am sick of this woman beating my door down. He says, I'm going to give her what she's asking for so I can get some sleep. 
Now, if that's an unjust judge, what about the most judge, the most just judge there is, the heavenly Father, the one who wants to give you heavens and earth, but he wants you to knock on his door. He wants you to beg him. He wants you to come to him. That's faith. He says, we think he's impersonal. It's like he made a way of salvation. He atoned from our sins. He's folded his arms and stood back. We believe in a great creator, but now we think he's lost interest in his creation. He said, that is how many people are apt to think. Where's God in the middle of all of this? I don't know how he's going to do it. Like Abraham, listen, let's, let's go back to... I'm going to skip on Ethan. Let's go to Romans chapter 4. Brother Branham actually says, he is governing in the affairs of men right now. He is both creator and sustainer. He refers to Colossians 1 verse 16. He said, he is working all things at this moment according to the purpose of his own will. He is right in the midst of his church. This great creator, Savior God, is faithfully working amongst his own right now. His very existence is for his own. He loves them. He cares for them. His eye is upon him. When the word says your lives are hid with Christ and God, it's exactly what it means. He is faithful. He is true to himself. He won't lie. He is true to his word. Romans chapter 4. Thank you for all your amens. Wherever they are, silent, in your heart, I know they're there. I feel them. Romans chapter 4, verse 13. For the promise that, that, that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, then faith is made void and the promise made of none effect. Now, it wasn't God coming to Abraham and saying, Abraham, if you do this, if you leave your, your father, if you, if you leave Lot, if you do this, if you do this, if you do this. No, God was going to do it. But all that Abraham needed to do was get his confession to agree with what God was going to do. And when his confession agreed with it, then, then God blessed him because he saw righteousness in that. Oh, Abraham, you're thinking just like, like I thought. God bless you. I'm going to give it to you. It wasn't because of works. Like, and, uh, that's another service. But yet works showed his faith to man. But what pleased God was faith. So he says, verse 15, Because the law worketh wrath, where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace, to the end that the promise might be sure to all his seed, not to only that which is of the law, but also to that which is the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Let, let, me, let me drop something in here. Faith, a farmer, plants something in the ground, and with natural sight, he he knows, first of all, it's the right seed. I bought the best seed I could. The ground's been tilled. Uh, it's springtime. The sun's in position. Uh, the rains have come. You know, all the conditions are there. He plants the seed in the ground. And then 
Knowing that he's committed it to the ground, he leaves it there. He goes in and he pours a cup of coffee. He might go on a week holiday. He doesn't come back the next day and just check, there's nothing happening here. And so he doesn't dig it up. If he dig it up, all that he'd committed would be lost. Now, if a farmer can do that naturally, how much more ought we to do that spiritually? Faith, you commit it to God, you plant it in the ground, you leave it there, you water it, you do a few things to it, but you don't dig it up. You allow God to bring it forward. So God wanted to bless Abraham. God said, I'm picking you, Abraham. I'm going to make you a father of nations. Now, we'll just get to it here because he says, well... Verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of nations. <laughs> Here's Abraham without children, and God says, you're a father of nations. Now, one picture is up here, one natural picture is down here. And, and if you actually read the Bible, it says here, God said, I have made you a father of nations. If you actually listen to the message, Brother Branham said, um, Abraham, be, be, I don't know how he would put it, He's, he called those things as though they were not as though they were. But in the Bible, it actually says God did that. But then in one place, the brother finally comes to it, he says, but one day, he says, Abraham saw God and he had the same confession as God and that was pleasing to God. Oh, what is more pleasing to God when you see what He sees about your life and you just confess the same thing? That's the faith seed. That's Abraham's royal seed at work again. How's this rapture going to come, Brother Ed? I have no idea. But I believe it's going to come. I believe it's imminent. Oh, but, you know, look at all the churches. Look at all the ideas. Look at all these things. I don't care. It's imminent. I have to look at the world. I can look at these things. I know one thing. I'm not of this world. I know I've got no part in this world. I'm a part of God, and I don't know how he's going to deliver me, but he's going to deliver me. That's a seed that was settled a long time ago. Well, what about what's going on right now? Well, I don't know what's going on right now. I can't, I can't answer that, but I'll just keep walking. Listen, faith is unconscious. Faith has got long-range vision. Faith sees a picture and it keeps moving towards it. Paul, an angel spoke to God one time and he said, to, to, to Paul one time and said, Paul, you've got to go to Rome. Now, so Paul said, yeah, I've got to be in Rome. So everywhere he went, he confessed he was going to Rome. He was, he was in front of a, a, the Felix, I believe, and, 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 and the other king, and he says, I've got to go to Rome. He says, you could have been free here. No, I must go to Rome. And he says, okay. And then the centurion who, who, who is leading him onto the boat, he says, don't go on the boat. It's going to be trouble here. I can see it ahead. Short-term vision. But he says, I know i got to get to Rome. So even if I got on this boat, not of my own will, and I, I'm stuck in this boat, God's going to make a way for this boat to make it because I'm going to get to Rome. So when there was a shipwreck, it was Paul who went down below and says, I know, Lord, you're going to bring me to Rome because that's what you said. And there's not enough storms, there's not enough devils that can stop me from getting to Rome. And so that, was, that wasn't the eternal promise, this was a temporal promise. Finally gets saved, he comes to an island, and a viper beats it. He, sh he says, what are you doing here? i got to get to Rome. <laughs> hey, 
I believe we can have that kind of faith. I believe that we can have that for whatever God reveals to you. Whatever God makes real, you can say, He is revealed to me. Simeon could say one day, I am not going to die until I see the Christ. And he comes and led of God and he sees him. Now let your servant depart in peace. I believe God gives you faith. Now I've, I've had, years ago I had this. This is just a little thing, but I'm going to tell you, it's a little at a time. It's a little thing, but sometimes I'm, I'm there in the middle of a service, and then we're coming to a close, and all of a sudden it says, they're going to call me up to pray. Now, I'm not super spiritual or anything. Where did that come from? Sure enough, they called me up to pray. Now, sometimes I've said, they might, but sometimes it was very real, and all of a sudden it happens. I, I, you know what? The more you dwell in the realms of God the more things open up. The more things you see, the more you're, it's illuminated. Oh, day star, shine your light upon me. In this wicked world that I'm in, let me see what you want me to see. So here's Abraham. I've made you a father of nations. So he got to acting not on what he saw, but on what the vision God put for him. A father of nations. Wow. And he went back. So he says, well, I guess he's got to give me a son then. <laughs> it wasn't, all his focus wasn't on this. He's, there's bigger than this. It's going to keep coming. And it says now, verse 18, who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in the faith, he considered not his own body. Listen, the Bible says, now dead, when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and was fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Now, if that is... You know what, that's, if you, you picture where you're at, the pressure Abraham was under. He'd go down to the market, said, Abraham, you have said that, that you're going to be the father of nations. How many children you got now, Abraham? None. He says, how's it going to be, Abraham? I don't know. Could you imagine the scorning? Could you imagine the pressure? You know, he was well-respected. He had different things. But behind the back, there was a lot of snickers. <laughs> look at Sarah. Look at this. Look at this. But you know what? He staggered not. Something, faith finds a way. I, you know, God would speak a word. You know, Abraham, maybe he would walk, and he remembered what God told him. He'd walk out of his tent at night, and he'd look up at the stars, and that became faith to him. These stars, that's what my seed will be. And maybe as he walked down by the seashore, the sand, he says, that's what the seed will be like. You know, I don't know what Joseph went through in prison, but the visions that he had, he says, I don't know why I'm in this prison. I don't know. But God will make a way out. I believe that's real faith. Wherever you're at today, I believe that's real faith. And I believe that's what we need to walk by. You know, I've never gotten off page one yet. My goodness. Okay, that's all right. <laughs> let, me, let me take one or two more scriptures and we're going to... I, I trust this is good this morning. Amen. Just to be reminded. Let's go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. 
Verse 8. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, which is the word of faith which we preach. Okay? So, first of all, it's closer than you think. It's not way out there. The same faith that you use to turn your ignition on, your keys, your door, your house, whatever you used, he said, that's the same faith. He says, now, it's nigh thee, in your mouth, in your heart, the word of faith which we preach. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, if you keep it in your heart, but you never express it, it will never come out. I'm going to read what Brother Branham would talk about the farmer. He says, now, the farmer went, planted a great big field of wheat. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because it actually says a wheeled of feet, <laughs> which would be a field of wheat. So I'm not the only one that makes that, st- that mistake sometimes. And he said, as long as he keeps digging up the seed, it'll never grow. But every time you dig it, it delays. Every time you look at your symptoms, it delays you too in your healing. The farmer commits the seed to the ground. He gets the best seed he can. He puts it in the ground. He's made a decision. And if he doesn't have faith, it might be mixed up with all kinds of other things. But if he's got the best seed, he commits it to the ground. He leaves it there. Now, faith is a substance. So the substance is he has acted on it. He's planted in the ground But then he's got to go to acting on what he cannot see. So do we have to act on what we cannot see. That's what's pleasing to God. I, you know, I don't know how he's going to heal me. It's going to happen somewhere. I've dealt with this for year after year, but praise God, it's going to happen anyhow. Think about Abraham. Think about Sarah. And they kept confessing it. Now, as they kept confessing it, and as the time of the promise drew near, it brought Melchizedek on the scene. It brought God on the scene to make it more real to them. I don't know how I'm going to get to the rapture, but God brought a prophet on the scene. God brought a word that will quicken me to the rapture. So he says, we act on things we do not see. The whole Christian armor is supernatural. He said, the inside man looks by faith through things that he sees and uh, through those eyes and sees the things that is not. He refers to Abraham and Sarah. Now, how many believes? That's the truth. He says, amen. Now, if I promised you to give you an oak tree in your front yard, would you accept it? And he says, yes. And he gives you an acorn. Now, here's here's the challenge. This is just an acorn. Where's the oak tree? It's potentially an oak tree. Now, how you plant it and where you plant it has a huge bearing. If you plant it, well, you know, let me put it over here beside the fence, and if it doesn't grow, it doesn't grow. That's not faith. 
But if you plant it, okay, this is going to be a big oak tree. Therefore, I'm not going to plant it by the fence because when it grows, it's going to cover more. So I'm going to plant it in the middle. And I know it's going to grow and the branches are going to come and this is where I'm going to have my lawn chairs and this is where I'm going to have this table and that's where my fire pit is. Then you have faith. You, don't, you, know, you, you may just have the acorn, but you have faith by your actions. So he says, the tree is in seed form. You take this acorn, you put it in the ground, a little box, set it there. The first, you know, up comes an acorn tree. Now, if you start to praise God as soon as you get an acorn. Oh, man, that, isn't that contrary? Hi, I got an acorn. We were kind of grumbling. I got an acorn. Hallelujah. Praise God. What did Elijah do when he knew that there was going to come rain? He says, when you see a little cloud the size of a man's hand, that's all that I need to know, that it's on its way. And all you need to know is when God comes and encourages you, you need to start praising him right now. You need to start thanking him right now. I can't see anything, but I know it's on its way. So he would go on and say, he says, now, the reason we don't get results, he says, is we don't act on it. He says, the Word of God is a seed. The right mental attitude will bring it to pass. Now, I, I really have a whole other part, but again, that's pretty typical for me, that I, I, I have a lot more. So I'm, I'm going to wind it down with this because, hey, uh, let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me make it on the shorter side for once here. Let me use this example. Brother Ram talked about John Ryan. And he said, John Ryan was a man who was blind. And he said he came to the meetings, and, and Brother Branham was in the meetings. He came up. He was prayed for. And Brother Branham says, you're going to be healed. And he, says, and he says, just go ahead and do it. So John Ryan went back to his seat. He went and sat down. And he came back the next night, and he was still blind as a bat. So his natural eyes couldn't see, and his spiritual eyesight wasn't really good either because he went back up in the prayer line. And Brother Bram said, um, what are you doing here, John Ryan? He says, didn't we pray yesterday? He says, and yeah, we did. He says, and you told me you believed. I do believe. Then what are you doing here? Just go thanking God, go praising God, and it'll be. So he went back to his seat, and from then on, he started to see a picture. From then on, he caught a vision of something. So his natural eyesight was, he couldn't see anything. But greater was the spiritual eyesight that he had because he saw a well person. And everywhere he went, he confessed it, no matter what the criticism, no matter what it was. And he, and he even went to the barber chair and he sat down in the barber chair and as he sat in the barber chair and he says hey John Ryan I thought you went to be healed with that William Branham he says how's it going so far he says praise the Lord I'm healed and the minute he said that that's when his eyes opened up and when his eyes opened up he left the chair half shaven maybe the frock around him running down the street with the barber chasing him you don't know where God will bring it to fruition as the musicians come, you don't know where God will bring faith to his final resting place. But you've got to commit it to God. You've got to start acting on it. Mary didn't say, well, you know, if, 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 I, if I get together with a man, maybe. No, that wasn't her faith. Her faith was on a higher level. 
Her faith wasn't even on, well, let me just, you, you come back and check on me in three months. If I got morning sickness, then I'll know. No, she just said, be it unto me according to your word. That's the faith that pleases God. I, I believe we need to act on that. It's not always easy. One of the greatest things Brother Branham had in his life was early in his walk when, when he had this stomach issue and he couldn't keep food down. And he couldn't keep the food down. And, but he believed God and he says, thank God I'm healed. <clears throat> he comes to the supper table and there was a meal prepared for him. And he starts to eat those beans. He, oh, I love those beans. I starts to eat those beans. And it just started coming up. And it, he just put his hand in front of his mouth and forced it back down. Now, do you think he was a hypocrite? No. He was acting. He was knocking. He was doing something. It was faith at work. Sometimes you run into a failure. Sometimes you run into a brick wall. No matter what you run into, real faith. Think of that Mexican woman with her baby. She didn't take the usher's word. She didn't take the minister's word. She wouldn't even have Brother Jack Moore pray for her. She, her faith rested in that. The woman who, who, who had a child promised by Elijah... The widow woman, or not the widow woman, but the, the woman who was elderly and she had a child. Her faith, when her son died, it didn't go back. Play something softly, Sister Angie, if you don't mind. It didn't go back to just Gehazi. Because Brother Branham says, Gehazi went out. He says, I don't know what's wrong with her. It's not a feast day. It's not this. It's not this. But her son had died, and she had to come to remind the prophet of his word. And as she came... She, she says, no, it's not the staff. It's not Gehazi. I want to hear it from the prophet. And she said, you know, her words are almost belligerent. Did I not ask you for a son? I'll tell you what. That's a woman who took the promise. And I think sometimes we need to be like Brother Branham was when he put his hand in front of his mouth Instead of just waiting for something to come, I think we need to be a little bit proactive. I think we need to step out. Now, you can't make faith. You can't say, Lord, give me more faith. But I think you can act on it. You can show him. Lord, I don't know how. I'm going to start walking. I'm going to, and you know, Brother Man would say, faith is actually an unconscious thing. Sometimes our mind has this picture As I was telling you earlier, the world is governed by the pictures they create. You know, somebody who is in business, is homegrown, likes to put his things to local business, they won't go, they'll go to a mom and pop shop because that's a vision they have within them instead of a big box store. Other people who have a vision of, I got to be as frugal as I can, they'll go to there's no allegiance there. There's people that are climate change people, and they look for companies that are green, green-oriented, green-minded. There's other people that, that have... Brother John Perzok sent me a photo the other day. But there's other people that... I, I go to the bank, and the bank has a rainbow across it, telling their allegiance to where they stand and 
the matter of rights. And the pictures of families, there's a picture of two guys. There's a picture of one family. And then there's a picture of two girls. They're catering to every... And, and there's people that put their allegiance behind that because that's a vision that they've tapped into. Brother John is sharing me a picture of a donut shop. And the donut shop, in, in the time of COVID-19, and you have any of these symptoms, do not enter. And the symptoms they listed were, number one, COVID-19. Number two, homophobia. Number three, transphobia. And then I forget what the fourth one was. I'm going, they want people who have their ideals. And you know, there's people that actually identify, hey, I'm one of the in crowd. I'll tell you what, they don't have my business. I think, I think the name of the donut shop was called Dark Side Donuts, very appropriately named. It's actually in a province east of here, not, not in our province. But I'll just say this, my faith is not in a changing world. It's not in this circumstance or this circumstance. My faith is in the Word of God. My faith is as it's made real by the man. I've caught a picture. I've seen something. And, and forget about the lost leader here and the lost leader here. Keep your focus. Lord, I'm going to be saved. My family's going to be saved. I'm going to be... I'm going to be there that day. I've gone through a lot of ups and downs. But I'm going to be there. And Lord, whatever it takes, I'm, going to, I'm giving it to you. If I have to go by the way of the grave, I'll do that, Lord. If I have to go by the way of the rapture, I'll do that. But I'll tell you what. You want to catch a picture that's appropriate. Don't, don't, don't get caught up by the spin of the media out there. By the movement of the people out there. Even by all the commentary around the message sometimes. You've got to be catching a picture. You've got to be seeing something real. You're not just okay, bumping into this. No, I'm actually seeing something. There's an agenda at play in the world here. I, I'm going to walk carefully. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with the government here. But there's a time I've got to be careful because I won't always be able to do that. And, and that's the faith. And to do that, that, that's not a clear picture to everybody. I, tr I trust this morning we can see something. We're not just looking at something obscure, but it's, a, it's materializing. It's becoming more real. Let your word be born in the manger of my heart. Let your word be born in the manger of my heart. Let it live in me. Let it start. Live inside this house of clay. together 
was a tiny simple stable all beaten down and worn hardly a place for a king to be born he didn't choose some place special So I'll give him help, give him control. He'll be born in me. Let your word be born in the manger of my heart. Let it live. Let's just sing, set your wings. As, as we maybe have planted a few more seeds, but also maybe to challenge you a little bit. Go back to a few services ago when we played the video clip of a little duck jumping off a cliff. Brother Branham would say, it's time for us to cross the line of unbelief and intellectual and to move into real faith. Go back and listen to looking to the unseen and different messages. I, I believe what we feed on and what we look at has a tremendous impact on where we go. And maybe I, I, I say to my detriment, I probably fed on things that I go, what, what, why did I get caught up in that? I just say, let's keep our vision. Let's, let's look. As you took the service this morning, maybe God spoke to you. Maybe there's something in your heart. Don't, don't just put it off and forget about it. But why don't you start to make a step? If, if, if it's maybe just the life you're living, why don't you make a step? Not, not just right now, and I'm, I'm not having an altar call, but tomorrow when you get up in prayer, Lord, that spoke to me. I need to make a step. I, that's how Abraham did it one day. I, I, I had the devil tell me, it's too late. You barely got in. You'll never make it. If I would have listened to that, I wouldn't have taken a step. 37 years ago but I took a step and I'm still here and I'm going to be there if you have need in your body take a step maybe you just need to water it with praise maybe you just need to say Lord 
Let, let, me, let me listen to Jehovah Jireh again. Let me listen to time-tested memorials of faith. Let me, let me listen to different messages. I'll tell you what, you listen to those. I listen to them when I go to bed. I listen to them when I wake up. I listen to them in my car. There's something happens when you're in that atmosphere. So when the moment comes, the seed's been planted. Do you see a, a road that you can take? Let's sing. There are two roads. There are two roads that you may take, one by side and one by Set 
by grace, set your ways to the winds of faith. I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads. I'm going to go to prayer. I want to read something first, so just just want you to be quiet in this moment. Brother Branham would say, after he endured, he obtained the promise. No matter how hard it comes, what it looks like, you've got to set your sails straight there and walk right in. No matter what takes place, move right on. Faith is unconscious. You got faith, and sometimes you don't know it. If you look at Jesus Christ, no matter if he was in the storm, and the gale was knocking the boat from one side or the other, if he was standing in the middle of a bunch, a mess of demons, he was hanging anywhere, it never moved him. He walked on just as calm and quiet as he could be. He was simply unconscious of fear walking around him. That's right. Whether it was going to happen or not happen, he would, he knowed it was going to happen because God said so. He didn't say, I wonder if I prayed enough. I wonder if I fasted long enough. He walked on unconscious. He believed what God had said. As you play something softly, Sister Angie would say, you're here to fulfill it too. Walk unconscious of fear. Walk unconscious of criticism. Walk unconscious of the world. This world. Walk as you walk in Christ. Don't pay attention to the right or to the left. If something comes up in church, walk with God. If sickness strikes you, walk with God. If the neighbor doesn't like you, walk with God. Enoch walked like that. You know what? One day he walked all the way home. Walk with God. If the doctor says you're going to die, walk with God. God has promised, I'll never leave you or forsake you, even to the end of the world. You'll have your ups and downs. Don't worry. You've got to go through briar patches, sharp rocks over bluffs, down hillsides, through mountains over waters, but walk with God. And when you get to the end, it'll seem so little when you get to the end of the way. Oh my, look back at your footprints then. It won't seem as very much. As we come to prayer and your heads are bowed, wherever you're at this morning, I wrote some names down. Our brother Kevin Ahenikiu in the ICU today. Sister Jeanette Patrick and her husband in the hospital. Sister Cheryl McMillan, Reinhold and Lydia Wilde. Sister Leanne, the Whitmires, Dan and Rachel, Ben and Kathy, the Parazocks, Joe and Maria, the Wackelchucks, the Nunweilers, the Doles, different families. Brother Marion in pain today. Sister Becky, different ones. God's not forgotten you. He's with you. 
no matter what's happening, go by that something on the inside. Can we pray for one another? Just pray together this morning. Heavenly Father, we stand here today in 2021 in the middle of a world that's going insane around us. The prophet would speak in the message, Knoweth it not. They'll see great imaginary things in front of them. They'll see ants with wingspans as wide as miles. And he would said, in their great imaginary minds. Lord, the world can't see a way out of this pandemic. The leaders can't see a way out. And when it comes to our door, Lord, we feel like we don't have very much faith. We sometimes feel, how can this be? But Lord, may even right now something rise up May they each one know in their place that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And while the world is caught up in fear, may we actually see something. May we not, we're not looking at the unseen, bumping into walls, but it's materializing, Lord. We are not subject to the plagues of this world. We are in Christ. And as we spoke last Sunday, by your stripes we're already healed. And Lord, above that we have a salvation. So if you should allow something to take us, it's only a little buggy to take us over to the other side. Lord, let them not fear today. As Paul was on a road, he knew he had to get somewhere. Let them not be doubting and wondering, Lord, but Lord, let faith build a little more. May the seeds that have been planted continue to come to fruition. I pray your blessing on every one of these households. I pray, O oh Lord, you'd visit Brother Kevin, Sister Jeanette. I pray you'd visit those, Sister Cheryl in her home. Lord, all the different ones we spoke to, some suffering, Brother Marion. I pray, O oh Lord, that you would just be very real. And Lord, not to look at symptoms as hard as that may be, but to see something greater. May faith make the vision more real. May they see that well person in front of them. Lord, I thank you for this body. I thank you for the many texts Remember Brother Simon and Sister Pramila. Thank you, Lord, even in the midst when they're sick, they're praying for others. We thank you for them. Lord, we thank you for the faith we've seen, the saints that have gone and lived and come through it. We thank you, Lord, you've not left us helpless, but you've given us your word. And Lord, we just so thank you. We believe just ahead of us, there's victory. And Lord, we are asking you, may that victory begin to come forward in our words, in our actions, in our conversations. I pray, O oh Lord, and as we confess these things, may you cause our bodies to obey our confession. 
Lord, may the demon sicknesses be repelled. May the, the gloominess be repelled. Lord, may faith come in. May a song come ahead. Oh, Lord, may the shout of the king come into the camp. We commit each one to you. We thank you for the time together. Lord, in the simplicity of your word, you said faith comes by hearing. You're a rewarder of those that diligently seek you. Lord, we've taken this time to say that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Grant it, we pray now. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I think we need to change the order. I think we need to sing a little bit. The other day I, I uh, came across a song that Brother Ron Spencer was singing in his church. Brother Ron Spencer, who has been diagnosed with cancer, with tumors. Brother Ron Spencer, who's been knocked sideways. Brother Ron Spencer, who has now taken his, had to take a third shot because the doctors have advised him to. Brother Ron Spencer, who is supposed to be preaching in Saskatchewan in two weeks. And he has every reason to hang his head and claim, but he started singing a song. And as he started singing a song, his feet started moving. And as he started singing that song and moving, I'm not going to try and be like him, okay? But <coughs> the church caught a hold of it. If you, if you want to see it, I'll send it to you, or I think it's in a recent service. But I, I sent that out. It was a Thursday afternoon, and I sent it out to, I said, hey, in case you, in case you need an afternoon booster shot, take this. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, it did my heart good. And I went back and played it about two or three times. So I'm not going to sing that, but I want to sing something that gives glory to God. God's not glorified when we hang our head. He's glorified when we act by faith. We're the children of faith. Victory in Jesus, victory in Jesus. I heard an old, old story How the Savior came from glory how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. Well, I heard about his groaning, of his precious blood's atoning. Then I repented of my sin, won the victory. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior. Sought me and he bought me with his redeeming. 
And I heard about the streets of gold Beyond the crystal sea About the angels singing And the old redemption story And some sweet day I'll sing up there The song of victory Oh, victory in Jesus Jesus is victorious today.